Shalom. Welcome to Israel Policy Pod. My name is Jonathan Campbell, and I am the national chair of IPFT. My name is Brianna Goodlin, and I am the chair of the Boston chapter of IPFT. And I'm Evan Gottesman. I'm the host of Israel Policy Pod, and very fortunate to be joined by two of our IPF Atid Young Leaders today. For those who don't know, IPF Atid is the Young Professionals Network of Israel Policy Forum. So before we get into today's discussion, which is going to focus on some really interesting work that IPF Atid is doing in this current moment surrounding annexation, uh, just a brief announcement from Israel Policy Forum. We've talked a lot on this program in previous episodes about prospects for West Bank annexation. Now we're coming up on that July 1st date, which is cited in the coalition agreement in Israel as the date on which formal deliberations on West Bank annexation can begin. Now, I'm not going to tell you what's going to happen on July 1st because there's no way to predict it. You're not necessarily going to wake up on July 1st and see Israel's annexed all the West Bank or any part of the West Bank necessarily, but it definitely adds a sense of urgency to Israel Policy Forum's work in opposing unilateral annexation and keeping alive a vision of a sustainable two-state agreement. So with that in mind and with that date fast approaching, Israel Policy Forum is putting together a really special virtual event to be hosted next Tuesday, June 23rd. That program is called The Road Ahead, Leading Responsibly for Israel's Future. This is a really unique opportunity, bringing together a bunch of voices that you don't necessarily always hear in the same place to talk about the impact of unilateral annexation on U.S. national security interests, on Israeli security, on the American Jewish community. We're going to have people like General John Allen, Ambassador Susan Rice, Michelle Flournoy, Ambassador Dan Shapiro, former Shin Bet director Ami Ayalon, former Mossad director Danny Yatom, Gadi Shamni, Rabbi Rick Jacobs of the Reform Movement, Jonathan Greenblatt of ADL, Sheila Katz of National Council of Jewish Women, Richard Sandler of JFNA, and more still to be announced. So again, this is a really special, unique opportunity. You don't want to miss out on it. So you can register for that program at Israel Policy Forum's website, www.israelpolicyforum.org forward slash the road ahead. And we hope that you can join us for that. So now I want to thank my two very patient guests for sitting through that announcement. Although I know we're all very excited for that program and get into today's discussion. So Brianna, Jonathan, you're both leaders, as you've said, in the IPF Atid Young Professionals Network of Israel Policy Forum. How did you come to this work with uh, Israeli-Palestinian conflict, two-state solution, because like if, you, if you're talking about annexation today, I feel like you have to be really invested in this issue. I mean, there's so much else going on in the world, coronavirus, pandemic, uh, fight against racism in this country. So what makes you really passionate about this topic in specific? Sure, Evan, uh, I'll start. You know, it, it's it's interesting when thinking about these issues. Um, ever since I was a young kid, I've been in, invested in Israel, and I think a lot of it stems from how I grew up and and growing up in a you know a very proudly Jewish household, and also being uh, kind of a foreign policy uh, wonk, so to speak. I, I always um, was very interested in politics, and kind of the two my two passions in life were always about um, you know 
Israel and, and the Jewish people and also uh, national politics and uh, the U.S. Um, U.S. policy. So, you know, I think Israel Policy Forum really spoke to me after graduating college and I found a, a real home, uh, an intellectual and philosophical and kind of Zionist home um, with Israel Policy Forum. And, you know, we launched IPF Atid in uh, 2017 and, you know, both Brianna and I were, were very involved with that. So it's been kind of a you know, I kind of call IPFT my baby in a way um, because I've I've grown with it, and uh, I think it's had a very profound impact uh, on our lives. So I have an interesting story. I won't go into all of it, but I studied uh, anti-Semitism and genocide when I was in college at Harvard, and I also converted to Judaism. So I've had a very long and interesting uh, intellectual and emotional journey with all of this, which obviously Israel has played a central role in. And you know, as Jonathan said, we've both been involved with IPF since it's you know IPF since 2017 when they were launched. And for me, what really drew what drew me to IPF was the pragmatic and practical approach they take to something that I'm very passionate about. So an issue that I think is very, very gray is often uh, reduced to black and white, either you're pro or you're you're against. And I think uh, IPFT does a great job of inserting that nuance back into the conversation, really trying to educate people so they can engage uh, with what's going on. And that's been something that has you know fueled my passion as I've become further involved with IPFT. So two different paths, but have kind of brought you to a similar place. But I want to hone in on why this specific juncture. I mean, uh, clearly, you're both very passionate about Israel, about a sustainable resolution to the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. But what is it for you and for IPF Atid more broadly about this lead up to West Bank annexation now that you see as especially important for people to be getting involved? So I think that there's a lot um, that we could dive into, which I'm sure Jonathan will touch on more. I think at a really basic level, one of the things that I'm passionate about when it comes to Israel is its Jewish and democratic character and the fact that it's able to hold both of those two things in tension and find a balance between those uh, in a way that I think is really unique, rare, and needed. And annexation directly threatens uh, the democratic character of the Jew- of Israel. And that, to me, is at a fundamental level a very large issue. Yeah, I couldn't have said it better than than Brianna. You know, I think for someone who's been following, you know, the Oslo Accords and then, you know, the 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 numerous um, peace negotiations or, or, you know, back and forth between uh, the Palestinians and the Israelis with U.S. mediation for me. um you know, this moment is is very critical for the future of two states. And I think, you know, as as Zionists and people who care about the long term future of Israel and also of the Jewish people, I think one thing that we know is that separation from the Palestinians and a viable two state solution is the only uh, path forward. And I know, Evan, you uh, you wrote uh, a great uh, a great piece about this and a great um a project that was just released by Israel Policy Forum. And I think, you know, we we share the foundations and the values that Israel is best when it is a strong uh, Jewish majority and a strong democracy. And to to have that, you need um, some form of separation from the Palestinians. And I see annexation as the opposite, the complete entanglement 
of of Israel and its neighbors um, vis-a-vis the Palestinians. And we're seeing um, uh, more uh, pushes towards a one-state um, type of solution, which to me is the end of the Zionist dream and the end of Israel as we know it. So I think for me, it's 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 a very um, urgent moment um, regarding annexation because we need to make sure our voices are heard and that millennial American Jews are go on the record opposing annexation, but also presenting uh, a vision forward, which I think we can talk about regarding um, our future Israel. Right. Now, you know, you've, you've both raised really good points that have been echoed in a lot of Israel Policy Forum's messaging and, and work. And of course, I appreciate you mentioning, Jonathan, that report that we did in search of a viable option. I, I forgot the title of this thing uh, <laughs> that we spent seven months on. But in any case, the, the thing with IPF Atid is, is young leadership. And usually on this program, we're not announcing our guests' ages, but I hope you won't mind me saying this. And I say this because I know both of you, but we're, we're all, and myself included, we're all in our 20s, right? We're all younger people involved in this uh, issue. So maybe you could speak a little to the importance of having people in our demographic speaking about this, because there's certainly no shortage of, of people who are invested in this issue, but IPF Atid is specifically targeting young emerging leaders in that 22 to 40 range. So I would say, you know, we've both been involved with IPF Atid for three years now. So we, so we actually started in our early 20s uh, getting involved with it. And I think that young people often get overlooked when it comes to these conversations, either because these things have been going on for so long that people assume you need to have been in it for a very long time to have anything insightful to say or to engage in the conversation. So they relegate us to a learning position rather than engaging with us on our perspectives. And I think what, you know, Israel Policy Forum, you know, a T chapters really do is they equip us with the information to be able to engage intelligently uh, in these conversations and actually have our voices heard because we have opinions and we have perspectives and, you know, we're rarely given, I think, the spotlight or the chance to share those. And I think that's why young professionals are attracted to IPF Atid. Yeah, I, I think there's two things here, really. Um, the first piece is disengagement from Israel conversation en masse for uh, millennial American Jews. Uh, I think this is a trend that we've seen in a disattachment from Israel for for many different reasons, and I, we don't necessarily have time to to go into it. Um, so I th- so that's number one, and I think number two is that sometimes the loudest voices we hear are on the far right and on the far left um, within our community, especially um, within the millennial generation. So I think what Atid is doing is really speaking to that that middle. Um, and where to be able to hold kind of uh, the truths of, of both the left and the right or to say, you know, it can be this and this. It's not just this. So when we talk about annexation, we can say, uh, yes, um, you know, annexation does threaten Israel's long term future as a democracy. Um, but that democracy is still strong. Right. You know, Israel is still a democracy. And when we when we speak about Israel, um, we don't necessarily use the language right now of some on the on the further left in our in our cohort of our generation that are saying, you know, Israel um, has already become, you know, quote unquote, an apartheid state or is already um, this this place that we don't recognize. So I think what we're trying to do with the T is be able to speak um, uh, across uh, 
bridge divides and, and speak across differences in a way that we don't necessarily see in the American Jewish community, which is very harmful um, to our ability to not only relate to Israel, but create continuation of attachment and uh, investment in, in Israel's future, right? So I think the the language and the, the, the way that we talk about these issues is super important. We're not speaking in the language of the far left. We're not speaking in the language of the right. We're finding that middle ground that presents a path forward um, that focuses on responsible leadership. And to that, I think it's important to point out the nonpartisan stance that IPF takes when it comes to these. So, you know, Jonathan speaking about the left and the right, but honestly, you know, IPF approach, uh, approaches this from a security perspective, from, you know, an educational and a policy perspective. And I think that's really important because it creates a neutral platform for people from every from every perspective to engage with these issues. And I think that's what draws people into what Jonathan was saying. Those are both really good points. And especially what you were just saying, Brianna, about the nonpartisanship surrounding this. I mean, it's something that I think we're all going to have to reckon with in the years ahead as we grow into the roles that we're going to take on in, in all of our respective careers, because this didn't used to be such a partisan issue. Um, I mean, the, the peace process the Madrid conference was launched under the first Bush administration. Obviously, the Oslo Accords came under the Clinton administration, but this was something that both parties were championing. Not necessarily the case in Washington today, but it's definitely good. And that's something that I've been impressed as someone on staff looking at what IPF Atid is doing, uh, seeing an opportunity to maybe change the way that is in the future um, and, and bring things back to a position where you can have uh, people who are in, in office and, and public officials from both parties who, who are speaking to the these questions of annexation to states and so on uh, from a unified position that's not guided by partisan positions, but it's guided by and informed by the things that you were raising, pragmatic considerations by security and values and so on. This is actually something Jonathan and I have been arguing about for about two years now, um, is whether or not Israel was becoming uh, a more, uh, was it still a bipartisan issue or whether it was becoming more partisan? Because for a while now, I'm also very pessimistic. I've said that it's becoming less bipartisan. And I think what we've learned from all of this is what we need to focus on in order to make it more of a bipartisan issue uh, is those things like democracy. It's those things like security that all of us can rally around um, and that we can use that to focus our efforts. Yeah, and you know, I would add, I think focusing on the American Jewish community, I think a trend that we've seen and something that I'm very passionate about is just, you know, the level of uh, the red lines that um, I, I don't want to place any blame, but I think there's red lines that we've created in our community um, regarding Israel and our conversation regarding Israel. And something that I think Atiyah is working on, or what we want to do, is have forthright conversations um, and not and not place red lines on what the communal conversation can be. Because I think, you know, when thinking about uh, how a millennials relate to Israel is very different than how our grandparents or maybe our parents, um, and the discourse uh, around that is different. And I know, you know, we we did that across the divide series um, two years ago, and, and that just speaks to kind of the work that we're doing at a T. It's that we're wanting to create these these places and these communities where the space is opened up to have critical conversations about Israel that are um, grounded in, in our love um, and our passion for the country and its future and the people who live there. So I think we're taking an approach where. 
Um, we're trying to remove those red lines and say, hey, this is on the table. How do we discuss these issues in a in a practical and pragmatic way that doesn't alienate people from the conversation, but also at the same time can present some solutions? And I think that speaks to, you know, Brianna's point about how do we make it, um, how do we go back to that, you know, back to the table of, of bipartisanship? And it's all linked together. You've both spoken a lot about what IPFAT does broadly, bringing it back to annexation and the current situation that we're in, and and annexation being the issue of the day for people who care about Israeli-Palestinian conflict. Uh, Brianna, maybe you could uh, speak to a little about what IPFAT is doing to confront this issue. Yeah, so we we've launched our Future Israel campaign, which you know came from a little bit of a brainstorm of, from a conversation Jonathan and I had around these red lines and this idea of what I could call conditional love for Israel. So I'll support you unless you know uh, you know until and really having the conversation that as Zionists you know uh, we're in it for the long haul. Uh, we're committed to Israel's future and we want to express that. And at the same time, annexation is a huge threat to that future. It's a threat to the character of the country that we love and thus why we're concerned for it. And so we wanted to create a campaign where we could mobilize, you know, young millennial Zionists who, you know, who care about Israel and but are also very concerned for annexation. But to do so around a much more hopeful, uniting message than what I would say are some of the more divisive uh, strategies out there. And we wanted to give people a chance to put their name on the record saying, I oppose annexation. Um, I'm committed to Israel, but I oppose this, as well as, you know, raise their voices and hopefully, you know, get the attention of, you know, of others that, you know, we that could, you know, that could be uh, decision makers. So the tagline for this program, Our Future Israel. It's like, what does your future Israel look like? Um, So I'll turn that question back to both of you. What do you hope to see in your future Israel in in opposing annexation and pushing for something better? Yeah, I mean, you know, we're we're launching um, a a video series that uh, that our Atidniks can send in um, where they record themselves talking about what their future Israel looks like. And, you know, for me, I think it's it's very much um, grounded in um, the future of, of Israeli democracy. And to me, um, what that future looks like is a negotiated, you know, viable two-state solution. Uh, and with Israel having recognized uh, borders and security uh, for all of its uh, residents. And I think for me, something that I, I think about a lot is what does civil society uh, in Israel look like? You know, what is, what are the uh, frameworks and the cooperation that exists between, inside Israel, between the different um, factions of Israeli Arabs and um, Orthodox Jews and secular Jews? You know, I think for me, uh, my future Israel is an Israel that is inclusive and that is, represents um, democratic values, but also speaks to kind of the true nature of its founding, which is um, providing equality uh, for all citizens, regardless of you know race, ethnicity, uh, gender, and uh, all other attributes. So I think this is something Brianna and I talk about a lot: is kind of the the Israel living up to its Declaration of Independence, um, which you know was a seminal document in its founding. And I think that's something that we should all consider um, when we think about what we want the future of Israel to look like. 
I'd be happy to live in Jonathan's future Israel. Uh, I think his future Israel reflects, uh, you know, what I want my future Israel to look like as well. And just uh, jumping off of what he kind of closed with, you know, we have had a lot of these conversations where, you know, Israel as a country was really founded on ideals and it was founded on an idea um, to be something greater than what it was at the time. And I think that that's what we should all hold, you know, really you know, this what we should centralize in this is how do we at least aspire to still be that? Even if that's not who we are, how can that be the aspiration that we're working towards and that we're driving towards to be a Jewish and democratic state, to be a state that, you know, is a home to all Jewish people, but is also home to a, you know, a diverse group of religions and ethnicities and everything else. And I think for me, that's what I really hope for, for the next, you know, few decades of Israel, along with uh, everything Jonathan touched on. Yeah, I think, you know, Brianna speaks to the the attribute of Zionism. And to me, um, Zionism is not over, right? It, Zionism is a... Um, it's something that we're constantly seeking. It's it's evolutionary. Um, it, it's not finished. And I think as long as there's that will to make Israel, uh, you know, a better place and more uh, just and um, secure place uh, for the Jewish people, I think as long as we keep that drive alive, then you know we'll be we'll be in a good spot. And to me, that's what you know. As a value, that's what Zionism to me is about. It's not it's not washing our hands and saying this fight is over. It's saying, you know, we're just we're just continuing. We're just we're just building to what Jonathan was saying. I don't view Zionism just as a value. I also view it as a choice. It's a choice that you make every single day. And I think you make a lot of choices towards what you want it to be and towards what you view it as. And you think about how can I create the Zionism in Israel that I'm passionate about and that I envision, and then you work towards that. Both very good aspirations, and as you said, Brianna, you know, both both nice Israels to want to live in in the future. So maybe you can tell us a little bit about how people can get involved in our future Israel. Jonathan, you mentioned the video campaign. Yes, there are three ways to uh, to get involved with the campaign. We have an action form that you can find on um, the IPF at Teed, uh, website uh, slash our future. Uh, Israel. So one is is sharing our content on social media. We have IPF Atid puts out a ton of content um, regarding the Our Future Israel campaign that you can share, that you can tweet, that you can post on Facebook or Instagram. Um, we really want to get our message out. Uh, the second is you know submitting a video. Um, as Evan, you just mentioned, uh, we want to collect videos from all perspectives about you know what our our future Israel looks like, and we want that to be able to go viral. So that's um, really part of our of our message. And then lastly is, um, you know, writing, uh, you know, uh, our IPF um, and IPF at is very much a content focused organization. And we want you to share your voice. So whether that be um, writing an op-ed in your local Jewish um, publication or on the Times of Israel or um, or on Facebook um, or in social media, however uh, you want to communicate, we would uh, invite you to um, to do that and we can work with you on that. Sounds like a great opportunity for people to raise their voice and get involved. And we'll, of course, include a link to the Our Future Israel website in the description of this podcast. So with that, Jonathan, Brianna, any closing thoughts before we round out this episode? I think that, uh, you know, for me, there's, a, you know, to what Jonathan was saying, there's a lot of reasons to oppose annexation. We have a broad uh 
array of perspectives and we'd love to capture those and really elevate those because there's so many reasons why this would be um, a really, really troubling you know, step forward for Israel and uh, all of us have different perspectives as to why. And so we want to use the Our Future Israel campaign to elevate those you know, voices and bring attention to them. And lastly, I think, you know, Our Future Israel won't just end, uh, you know, in the month of June. I think I foresee this as a uh, as a platform for which we'll continue to raise our voices. And, you know, one thing that was mentioned on the kickoff call with Stav Shafir was that, you know, we, we need to be in dialogue with uh, Israelis of our generation and we need to be working hand in hand with them. They, you know, they're on the on the ground, on the uh, working at these issues every single day, and and we need to be their partners. So I think our future Israel, what it re- represents to me, is that collaboration between young American Jews in North America and young Israelis who are working together for that better, more secure, and more just future. And I think that's um, what we want to convey. With this campaign and you know and for the foreseeable future um to to work hand in hand with our partners in israel so again we will put the link to our future israel in the description of this podcast and i encourage all of our listeners to check that out and get involved if you're in that ipf atid bracket you can learn more about the different opportunities to engage with their work on our website and again Just reinforcing our reminder from the beginning of the episode, be sure to check out our upcoming special virtual event, The Road Ahead, Leading Responsibly for Israel's Future, really ties directly into what we were discussing today with Our Future Israel. And uh, with that, Jonathan, Brianna, thank you for taking the time to join the podcast today. Thanks so much for having us. Thank you, Evan. Thank you.